Thanks to Audible for supporting this episode of Market Foolery. For a free audiobook with a 30-day free trial, go to audible.com slash fool or text fool to 500-500. It's Thursday, January 4th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. Joining me in studio today from Motley Fool Funds, Bill Barker. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Thanks for braving the what is it? An inch and a half of snow that's outside that that shut down every school in the DC area. It's crippling. It's crippling. <laughs> it's, it it never gets old for particularly for people like you and me who grew up with actual snow. Yeah. Well, I I didn't grow up with as much as you did. No, but but in because you have all the snow. Maine doesn't have all the snow, but it it's it's certainly I'm going to say it's. You know, probably it's certainly top ten. It's in the top quintile in the United States. Um, we got to be considering we're we're nowhere near earnings palooza. We we got a bunch of things to get to. Uh, we're going to dip into the full mailbag. Uh, I've got to do a little cleanup from the last episode of 2017, and we do have a fun announcement coming up. But first, we I mean, we have to start. We have to start with Dow 25,000. That's our man behind the glass, damn boy. With a little, we didn't know what he was going to pick for a sound effect. We said, "You were the one who said we got to have a sound effect for Dow 25,000." Can we hear it one more time? Is that possible? He'll he'll cue that up. But it never gets old, does it? The the, the celebration around. Oh, the Dow hit a big round number. I think we've covered it. I th- I think we've we've completely we've surrounded this topic, except for one more time. Yes! <laughs> There you go. That's our Dow 25,000 coverage. All the more humorous if the market does not finish above 25,000. That's true. That's true. Today. At this moment, it's still above 25,000. Um, let's actually go back to the winter weather, because it does seem like it is having a slightly positive effect on one group of stocks this morning, and that is the the auto parts. Because if you are AutoZone or Advanced Auto Parts, if if that's your business, if you're a shareholder of this business, as we've talked about before, you are 100% rooting for winter weather. You want more snow, which means more salt on the roads, which means parts wear out more quickly, which means more business. Yeah, you want more, uh, more ice, more snow. Uh, you want more potholes at the end of the season or in the middle of the season, uh, and they don't, uh, you know, don't disguise the fact that they're rooting for winter weather uh, and and love it when really? it shows up. Yeah, you know, most companies make excuses when there's bad weather about how that affects their sales. And AutoZone and O'Reilly and Advance Auto Parts—they all take a victory lap. And the market, in advance of any actual reportable results, is maybe you know maybe this is what's fueling. They're up five, seven, eight percent so far in the first couple of days of of the year. Also, they. Uh, had a, a weak year last year, so you've seen uh, some people sort of a January effect uh, might be fueling some of that too. But it, we'll see. I mean, it's still tough times for retail, as we'll go into. We will. I, I mean, we joke about the inch and a half of snow that's on the ground here. Meanwhile, north of here, you look at New York, you look at New England. I mean, they're getting with they're going to get hit with legitimate blizzard conditions. Yeah, and so you'll have cars getting a little bit more banged up as a result of that and you'll have uh, uh, parts wearing down the salt is is helpful and, and the roads and it, yeah, it's a real storm for especially uh, your neck of the woods. 
Yes. Yeah, someone. England. Um, yeah, someone uh, tweeted uh, last night. Uh, Maine is canceled on Thursday. Just, <laughs> just everything. Schools canceled. All sporting events canceled. The really? Inter- yeah. They're not uh, going old school. Um, up I, there. You know, every once in a while, you get that level of snow. And was it, a school ever canceled back in your day? In the four years I was in high school, I think there were two days that school was canceled, and one of those days was not because of snow. It was because the heat moose. Went, not, not moose. Uh, there heat, was a moose attack in your uh, neighborhood. You know what? Not in my neighborhood, but I mean, if you've ever crossed paths with a moose, you, uh, you're not around, are you? Not. You're not around. Your car. <laughs> you're, talk about talk about advanced auto parts. Yeah. If you if your car has an encounter with a moose, that doesn't go well for the car. Like in my school, uh, when I was growing up, if there was a dog that showed up in the playground or you know out out at recess of the fields, everybody would gather and oh. There's a dog. Did you do that with moose? Was that like a thing? No, no, because moose didn't show up. In they were time. there so often that you just sort of blew them off. <laughs> yeah, we all knew them by name. Most people have a few as pets. Yeah, why yeah. not? <laughs> They're adorable. Yeah. So one one time uh, school was canceled because there was no heat in the school, and that was it. But then other than that, there was only like one other time it was canceled due to snow. Um, l- let's stick with retail, and uh, I guess we'll start with Rite Aid because. Uh, they reported third quarter results, and uh, to put it charitably, they missed. And Rite Aid, in early January, there are all of these reports that come out in the financial media of predictions for the year. And when it comes to retail, you, you don't have to look very far to find someone who's put together a column of essentially doom and gloom for retail. And it can take the form of, here are the retailers I think that are going out of business. And or here are the retailers I think are going to be acquired. I look at Rite Aid. I don't know that they're going out of business, but they really. I, I don't know how much longer Rite Aid is going to be a standalone public company. Not much longer. I'm sure they hope they've they've tried to uh, sell themselves uh, a couple of times now, and they have only succeeded uh, up to the point of uh, getting a number, a large number of their stores are now. Going to go to Walgreens. That's Walgreens Boots Alliance. That has been approved, but not in the original form. And so they're still going to have operations uh, after that. But the when the deal failed to go through last year, the stock took a huge hit, and uh, you know it's still down. I think seventy some percent off of its highs, something yeah. like that. Yeah. I mean, this is. So who buys them? I mean, is it is it is it Walgreens Boots Alliance just picking up the rest of the locations, or is it does CVS go in here because CVS really seems to be moving in a completely different direction from retail in general? Well, CVS has still got a significant retail presence, and they're expanding in in terms of their merger acquisition with uh, Aetna, and so they are going uh, into a more vertically integrated company. But uh, I think it's a possibility that ultimately the Rite Aid stores show up in CVS or or somewhere else. I think Fred's uh, uh, was going to acquire some of the stores. But is not now uh, the way that the revised deal has worked out. I think somewhere around 1,900 stores are going to Walgreens, which is a very significant uh, portion of of Rite Aid's business, and I think takes them out of the southeast entirely. 
sticking with retail. L Brands reported their sales for December. L Brands is the parent company of Victoria's Secret, Bath and Body Works, and I don't know what they reported, but I know their stock is down more than 13% this morning, and so I'm assuming that it was not a Merry Christmas for L Brands. No, it wasn't a disastrous Christmas. It just uh, yeah, it's not really it's not really taking off. Uh, comparable sales were up one percent for the five weeks uh, ended uh, December thirtieth. So let's call that flat. That's not even at the level of, of uh, inflation. Uh, I think they're still. They had a, a rough year on the whole in terms of the top line because the uh, Victoria's Secret brand got out of uh, apparel and um, swimwear, and so that hurt the top line. But that was supposed to focus the company. What do you mean they got out of apparel? Isn't that what Victoria's Secret sells? Apparel? The more dresses and they're just lingerie now. Okay. Whereas they had done, you know, beyond lingerie, uh, swimwear and and other clothing. Now they're just doing what they're best known for, and so I can understand the focus. It's hurt them on the top line, but. Um, maybe ultimately will turn out to be the right thing to do, not compete in too many spaces. It is tough in retail generally, so maybe being more focused is the right move. But yeah, they're they're down 14% because comps are basically flat, and I, I, that was a disappointment. Certainly, we did our part to help on the Bath and Body Works side because um, it, it prompted one of our listeners to go out and and. Spend twenty seven dollars on a peppered suede candle, so I feel like I don't know the extent to which L Brands executives are throwing blame around, but I certainly hope they're not pointing the finger at us. No, and they may. You know, you say that the candles are twenty seven dollars, and that's what they retail for. But I think they they have deals all the time where you go in and it's three for one or something like that. And so I hope that our our listener didn't spend all of twenty seven dollars on it. That would be tragic. When you can get when you can get them for for much less on occasion, uh, I, I picked up a few because my daughters seem to enjoy these things. You like the big because that's I mean I will say this having having made plenty of fun about the fact that they're selling candles for twenty seven dollars. I will say this: it was a big honking candle, right? And if you are pressed for stocking stuffers, they're great because it's basically that's all you can fit into the stocking is <laughs> one good. of those candles instead of having to hunt around for dozens of things. You need us. So what? So what scents did you buy for your daughters? Uh, did you go Frozen Lake? I didn't get Frozen Lake. Uh, I think I got the butterscotch bourbon. Uh, I was compelled to get that and. Uh, you know, there was some other absurd you know, black tie or something like that. I can't remember. That's actually the name. Of course, that's the name. Why wouldn't they? Why, uh, like, why wouldn't they have a candle called black tie? Yeah, I think you Which can means come up with nothing. Virtually any two words you want. Road suspect. <laughs> Market foolery. That's technically one word, but that's fine. You know, that's fine. Dave Town. Pie Town, which is my might be my favorite city name in America, Pie Town, New Mexico. Just how about Loch Ness? I would love it if Bath and Body Works had a candle called Loch Ness. I'm I'm imagining some sort of uh, like sort of well, I don't know what it would smell like, but I'd I'd probably spend some money on that if it was if they, they were selling that. They had one uh, that we talked about uh, called But First Coffee, 
exclamation point. And you uh, thought, well, isn't that just coffee? And I don't know. Maybe it's the scent uh, before you make coffee. I, I, is there a scent before you make coffee? I don't know. Is there a scent of a frozen lake? <sighs> is there a scent for peppered suede? Damn you, Bath and Body Works. <laughs> um, all right. We're going to dip in the full mailbag in a few minutes. But first, I want to say thanks again to Audible for supporting this episode of Market Foolery. For our dozens of listeners, Audible is offering a free audiobook with a 30 day free trial. If you want to listen to it, Audible has it. Just go to audible.com slash fool or text the word fool to 500 500 and you can browse their unmatched selection of audio content. You can download a title free and start listening. It's that easy. Audible also has exclusives and original audio shows. You know what I started listening to? Your uh, your fellow classmate. I don't know if you were if you overlapped at Yale with John Hodgman, but I started listening to John Hodgman's Vacation Land: True Stories from Painful Beaches, which is which is about my home state, in part about my home state. But um, we've talked about this before. When you when you're doing an audio, uh, an audio book, if it is anything comedic, if the actual person is doing it, Steve Martin. Reading his book, Born Standing Up, and in this case, Hodgman reading his book, it just it it just makes it pop. It's just better. Yeah, I would think. Uh, so you're you're promoting that one. I, I started listening to. It. I like it. Yeah. Um, did you overlap with him at Yale, or is, no. or is, or is he's much younger? He's than He's you. much younger than I am. Yeah, he's in his forties. <laughs> Um, Audible also has the Send This Book feature. You can share a book from your library with anyone, and if it's their first time accepting a book through this feature, they can listen for free. So, get a free audiobook with a 30-day free trial at audible.com slash fool, or text the word fool to 500-500. Also, speed control, which we know some people like when they're listening to this podcast. You can, you can speed it up, listen a little faster. Uh, again, A-U-D-I-B-L-E dot com slash F-O-O-L, or text the word FOOL to 500-500. So, let me start with this. At the end of December, uh, because I was not here the final week of December, I ended up taping a whole lot of stuff the last three days before the Christmas break. And as our producer behind the glass, Dan Boyd, can attest to, uh, I, I got a little punchy towards the end. And as a result of that, the the final episode, which was the very last thing I taped before Christmas, which was the last episode of Market Foolery in December, uh, me talking uh, among other things about my experience at the uh, the Marine Corps Marathon. Um, uh, it was maybe an hour or so after the taping of it, when I had already left the office, that I thought, oh man, I forgot a couple of things. Um, so you're going to be monologuing. For a little bit here, right? Yeah, drink a little coffee. Yeah, because <laughs> so those those that wanted to hear me can just start, you know, going on double speed right now, <laughs> as Chris pointed out. Are there those that want? To, yeah, yeah. We actually no. We, we no. know there are. Um, a couple of uh, listeners helpfully pointed out. I could like go out and get coffee because I'm about to be finished some and come back in time. Yeah, yeah. Because you, you got you got about five minutes. No, no, it's less than that. I doubt it. <laughs> I'm timing it. Go for it. Um, so uh, when I was talking about my uh, my pulse dropping, I, I actually meant to say my blood pressure dropping. So uh, that was going on. Secondly. Um, a year ago, end of December 2016, one of the things I talked about the last episode of the year was the fact that Matt Greer, 
longtime producer of Motley Fool Money was going to start helping out hosting Market Foolery, and I, in my, in my brain dead haze, forgot to thank Mac for um, uh, everything he did in 2017 and continues to do uh, in hosting Market Foolery when I'm not here. So thank you to Mac. Um, last but not least, the kicker, the epilogue, the epilogue to my more marathon story, which is about the guy who helped me, the the guy in the bright orange shirt. Uh, I tracked him down. I, I did a little sleuthing. Would you say you stalked him? No, no, I didn't stalk him. I might say that. You he might. might say that, but you're not going to say that. I'm not going to say that. I don't I think stay I stay on the right side of the law. I say yes. You know why? Because it turns out this guy is a detective in Montgomery <laughs> County. So I absolutely want to stay on the right side of the law. Uh, no, his name is Chris Willauer, and um, I I got in touch with him. Figured out who he was, uh, looking at the photos of the marathon, finding you know finding his number, all that sort of thing, and met up with him at Chatter when we taped Motley Fool Money at Chatter about a month ago, and uh, he just could not have been nicer. He he happened to have the day off from work, so came in, uh, chatted with him for about ten minutes, and it was it was just really great uh, to get to meet him and thank him in person for helping me, uh, and I I was able to do what I wanted to do, which was to look him in the eye and say so so why did you help me? And uh, he just immediately said, "That's that's what the Marine Corps Marathon is all about. That the the spirit of the marathon, the enthusiasm of the crowds, and uh, uh, and it was just great. So so thank you to Chris for uh, for helping me out. Um, all right, that's it for the end of the year cleanup. That was tighter tighter than I expected. Less than five minutes because I wanted to get to this this fun announcement, or at least I think it's fun, and hopefully you will as well. This is something that uh, from time to time the dozens." Have dropped an email to inquire about this one particular thing, and I'm happy to say that uh, we've listened, and we have put together our very own Motley Fool podcast shop for people who are interested in podcast swag. We've got T-shirts, we've got a, a new, brand new ball cap, we've got, of course. Anyone who listens to this podcast, and in particular when you're on, knows. Of course, we have coffee mugs. You can go to shop.fool.com to check out the Motley Fool's brand new podcast shop, shop.fool.com. And uh, it's we're working with a uh, company out in San Francisco called Social Impact uh, Imprints, excuse me, Social Imprints, and um, uh, and they they make really quality stuff at a good price. And so that's that's what we're offering, and we hope you like it. Hope you check it out. Because let's face it, chances are you may not have gotten everything you wanted for the holidays. You've got one. You're I've got. I've got the first off the line podcast mug with the names of the different podcasts on it: Money, Foolery, Answers, Focus, and Rule Breaker. Does Does the coffee taste noticeably better in that mug? I, yes. You'd have to say yes. I have to say yes. You have to yeah. say yes. I mean, absolutely. I've just got this Starbucks cup, and you know, as you know, it's. Probably coffee spilled all over me by now. Right. So you can remedy that. Go to shop. Those mugs you're saying don't deposit coffee on you while you're drinking from them. Exactly. Wow. They operate the way mugs are supposed to operate. You might want to talk to Starbucks about this uh, (laughs) invention of yours. I just might. The non leaking cup. You think they need my help selling coffee over at Starbucks? Well, not selling coffee, but selling, you know, cups. Yeah. Let's talk about uh, your adventure. I was hoping today we were going to be able to talk about 
your interview with the New York Times. You were hoping. I, <laughs> I was going to say, I was hoping. I'm sure you and and your boss Denise Corsi were especially hoping that you would be. So share the background on this because the the New York Times every quarter or so, I think it's every quarter, does features someone in the mutual fund industry, someone in the ETF industry, and for the the final quarter of 2017, the fund that you run at Motley Fool Asset Management, how would I describe this in a way that wouldn't get me in trouble with FINRA, was was highly was highly rated by Morningstar. Yeah, the New York Times reputed it turns out falsely to be failing by some, but it turns out it's it's very healthy, and so they they do a quarterly. Section on mutual funds and ETFs, and they get their data, or they, the reporter who who's responsible for writing this article, gets data from Morningstar. What are the best performing funds in various categories? And uh, our fund, formerly known as Great America, and now a small mid-cap growth fund, um, was uh, the number one or number two, I think number two performing fund in its category of mid-cap. Mid-cap growth funds, and so that's that's nice, you know, for the quarter. It's also number one or two for the last six months, and uh, so they were gonna. The, the author was gonna talk to us, uh, and it turned out uh, I, I would have been the one doing the interview. But that's uh, he's, his editor uh, has uh, found something that he thinks is more interesting. He or she, I don't know, um, found more interesting. So I'm looking forward to seeing. That article. Do we think that the editor found something more industry, or do we think that the editor may have a bias against either the Motley Fool or you personally? I can't understand having a bias toward the Motley Fool. My, really, my reputation <laughs> might be different, but uh, I, I assume that there's a, a very uh, interesting uh, story that'll be uh, coming out in the New York Times about some mutual fund, and uh, maybe someday we'll get another shot at. It. I don't know. I don't know. New York Times is. Uh, uh, we're happy to talk to them anytime, but uh, unfortunately, we did not this week. Hashtag sad. On on the other hand, you know, I wasn't even really aware that the fund had done that well um, because we we don't really focus on three month periods of time. So, so what I got out of it was uh, you know that information. So that's nice. That is nice. Our email address is marketfoolery@fool.com. Um, thanks to Gunnar Peterson in Minnesota. Uh, who sent a very nice note? Uh, he and his daughter Maya listened to Market Foolery, and um, he included a link to an article in the St. Paul Pioneer Press about Maya, who sounds like your typical 15 year old girl who goes to high school and, and just happened to write a book about investing. Um, and we, this podcast, got a shout out in the article. So thank you to Gunnar for passing that along. Uh, and if uh, anyone's interested, you can, you can check out Maya's book, which is called Early Bird The Power of Investing Young. Um, Tertius Rivers, in Portland, Oregon, sent the following email. Before you get to that, okay. Much like you, I feel like I've forgotten to to say something, you oh. know, regarding this this New York Times stuff, and that is that, that although I work on the, the fund, um, the the entire team um, should be mentioned in terms of taking whatever victory laps there are to take for good performance over short periods of time, and and Charlie Travers, Brian Him, and Nate Weiss, our Dave Myers, Tony Arsta all uh, contributed. Uh, significantly, and uh, you know, I was looking through our top nine performers over the 
quarter, and uh, everybody uh, on the team had contributed at least one of the the best performing nice. ideas. So it's it's very much team effort, and uh, you know, just like uh, you wanted to remember Mac, you know, for all he does. I'm done. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I don't have anything else to say about that. <laughs> uh, I had to share this email from Tertius Rivers in Portland, Oregon. I recently spent my honeymoon surfing with my wife in a remote location in southern Panama. It's a significant journey to get there from Oregon, so I found myself one afternoon in a very tired state, driving through the bucolic hills of the Azuero Peninsula. I had not slept in about 24 hours after taking a red-eye flight from the States and then renting a Jeep at the airport, only to immediately get completely lost in the labyrinth of Panama City, and finally finding my way due to the magic of Google Maps. So, as I passed the last major city before my destination, four hours into a six-hour drive, and while my lovely wife slept next to me, I decided to use the apropos of nothing episode of Market Foolery to keep me awake. Let me just pause right there. That's a <laughs> that, that's that's risky. I'm, I am I am uh, cringing thinking about what happens next. Tertius continues, and you, Bill Barker and Robert Brokamp, did not disappoint. I found myself laughing out loud and thoroughly entertained as always when Bill Barker visits the show. The banter about the Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer holiday show was hysterical. I can't wait to watch it and follow your live tweeting next year. And the icing on the cake was the first Christmas song of 2017, which I was sure that Dan Boyd had been waiting all year to play. What an incredible song. Well chosen, Dan. So, thank you for helping us to arrive safely at our destination due to yet another high-quality episode. It was the trip of a lifetime, and Market Foolery had a special place in it. Uh, thank you, Tertius, for that fantastic note. And uh, Yeah, I, w- when I read this for the first time, I thought, boy! That's risky because if you're sleep deprived and you pop in an hour long episode of this podcast with you, me, and bro, that could, I just envisioned, I envisioned obviously a wonderful outcome. He, he and his wife had a great, they arrive at their destination, they have a fabulous honeymoon. I think we could all agree that that also could have gone very badly. Like he just like nods off and then it's just like they, they drive into a ditch and then, and then the authorities step in and, and start to investigate what happened. I think you may you know may want to uh, start putting in uh, uh, sort of warnings before the, the <laughs> apropos of nothing podcast. You know, do not operate heavy machinery uh, while listening to this. I mean, we, we cannot promise you'll stay awake. I mean, if you guys were like funny or interesting during your apropos of no podcast, then yeah, <laughs> I don't think it'd be a problem. <sighs> we doing any hey, more uh, of those? <laughs> <laughs> we might do not one. with me. <laughs> uh, we might we do. wouldn't dream of doing one without Dan. Hey, what was the first song that I picked? Uh, I don't remember. Dropkick Murphys. Dropkick Murphys. Oh yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, that is a good one. Uh, we'll, we'll do, at some point we'll do another apropos of nothing. Absolutely. Um, but this has dragged on way too long. So a couple of housekeeping notes before we wrap up. This weekend on Motley Fool Money, it is our. 2018 preview. Uh, no outside guests this week. We're going to have five analysts uh, sharing their preview of 2018. Uh, also, Christine Hargis, who's one of the hosts of Industry Focus, is going to be in San Francisco next week for the JP Morgan Healthcare Conference. So, um, anyone who's going to be in town for that uh, or just happens to be in San Francisco um, can email industryfocus at fool.com uh, for a potential uh, meetup 
potential Fool podcast meetup with Christine Hargis. And last but not least, uh, check out shop.fool.com. Uh, see what you think. Uh, if there's something there, great. If not, eh, drop us an email. We're, we're open to suggestions. We're just trying this. We'll see what works and what doesn't. Uh, you can read more from Bill Barker and his friends down at Motley Fool Asset Management. Go to foolfunds.com. Uh, thanks for being here. Thank you. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and the Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show's mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you on Monday. Yes! Yes! <laughs> so. That, what is because the video is that He Man? No, it's M Bison from Street Fighter. There's a short lived <laughs> Street Fighter cartoon, <laughs> and that's from there. Oh, that's good. That is good. Uh...